Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we talk to CEOs, executives, and leaders around the world about how to live and lead mindfully. And I am delighted to introduce to you a man who has served our country in the U.S. Army. He is a veteran. He is a speaker, a teacher, and founder of Leader Sites, Inc., David Beach. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited. Well, I'm glad that we could make this work. And we're having um, such interesting times in our country right now that I'm really, really honored and humbled to speak to somebody about leadership and somebody who's led in the ways that you've chosen to lead. You, you, you know, fought for our freedom, and yet now we're in this place of freedom looks a little bit different. Talk to me about how your mindset is going into and moving through this pandemic right now. Oh, this has been uh, this has been interesting to watch unfold. It's uh, um, it's both terrifying and exciting, and uh, it's just pulling all kinds of emotions out of out of everybody that I talk to. Um, the lockdowns that everybody's saying, you know, you're in your house, you got to be stuck in there, and it's um, that is just like a hundred percent against our human nature. You know, we need to be out. We need to be moving. We need to be interacting with other people. We need to be in contact with these other folks. And, and uh, I'm concerned about where this is going uh, uh, in our future for relationship building and, and establishing contacts and, and uh, trusting one another again and going forward in the future. So it's, uh, I want, to, I want to keep my eye on how this continues to develop and the way that the, uh, the pandemic spreads and the way that it dissipates. And, you know, everybody's saying it's going to come back in the winter as well. And, and are, we, are we in this cycle of, of being locked in our houses uh, alone again uh, just because we've got some new flavor of a disease that comes back that uh, we've never seen before and we can't seem to fight right off? So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be 
interesting to watch how we how we respond as a race as a as a human race. So, David, you bring to your work not only your experience in the U.S. Army, but working with clients like the U.S. Postal Service, Owens Corning, Rolls Royce, the you know state of Arizona, um, Nationwide Insurance, and your own work and leadership and reading and just being such a wisdom keeper in our world, you've taken all of that and you've synthesized it into a program that you call Love, Learn, and Let Go under this idea of leader sites. And I I love kind of, as I'm listening to you, that you're talking about, you know, these experiences we're having right now are bringing up feelings. And some of these things, love, learn, let go, we all have different feelings about how these things come across as leaders. So let's dive in and unpack that a little bit. What does love, learn, and let go mean in terms of leader sites? Okay. Well, I actually labeled those three things as leader sites. Those are the leaders, key insights that leaders really need to be aware of. And these, uh, as I talk to people, I kind of frame it up as these, these are actually decisions that you have to make. Okay. So if you decide that you are going to love your people, love your work, love your surroundings, your environment, then that's going to put you in a frame of mind to do all kinds of other things. That's going to give you this internal power that you may have never have had. Uh, but there's a real resistance uh, when you're in a business environment to talk about love uh, because people are confused about what love really is. Um, is it an emotion? It's like, well, anybody who's ever been in a relationship knows that I can love my wife deeply. And we've been married for 35 plus years. So I love her, but you know, we're locked in a house together now and we get on each other's nerves. So I can be very angry at her and she can be very angry at me, but Still we discovered it. new rooms in our house. We have a whole basement. And every once in a while, you will find me there. I get it. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm a little bit constrained. So we're trying to find new ways to work through all this stuff after all these years. because We're having our floors redone. So all the furniture is crammed into two rooms. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle. That's why we're in a single room Airbnb right now across town from where we live. But uh, uh, this, this decision to love, comes down to one thing, and it's, it's your decision to place the needs of, of your people above your own. And I mean, that's the true spirit of, of servant leadership. It is based on understanding the needs of your people and then doing what you can to satisfy those needs so that releases their power to actually accomplish things. Um, it doesn't sound quite so threatening then, uh, but I still think it's a very difficult decision for leaders to make because of our experiences with other people and, and you know, if we've had um, if we've had instances where our, our relationships have gone sideways, or somebody's broken our heart, or somebody has screwed us over, things like that, it makes us very wary about um, trusting someone enough to place their needs above our own. Um, I don't I don't cut any leaders slack though; they have to make this decision. That kind of kicks everything off. If they don't come into the rest of this from this position of, of love, then nothing else really works. Okay, so I'm going to make that decision first. So I want to affirm every today's the day I'm going to love my folks. I'm going to go out. I'm going to love my folks. I'm going to, and that leads me to the next step. Okay. So the next step is um, if I'm going to place your needs above mine, uh, I guess I better figure out what you need. Right. So uh, I have to go and learn. Um, and the thing I want to learn is what you need, and I have to build a relationship with you before you'll even tell me what you need. And so I want to spend enough time to build that relationship so we can have enough trust so that you will share with me 
what you actually need to do the things that we need to get done together. Um, so let's pause on this one, David, for a second, okay. because I think there's there's a because again this this pandemic time. You and I, as thought leaders, we've been out there very generously. You know, how can I help? How can I help? What can I need? What you know? What can I do for you? And I don't know about you, but I'm hearing a lot of I don't knows. I don't know. I don't know that sometimes we're in times as leaders of becoming different leaders in and of ourselves and our teammates are becoming different or they're taking on a different project or a different role. So how can we maybe help somebody if you're experiencing that because so many of us are leading teams virtually now or, or in, in different ways? I think we've, we've got to figure out how to get just a little bit deeper so those I don't knows become opportunities to serve in leadership. Well, that's the thing. It, it takes time. And, and the good thing with all this shutdown is, is we got time now. Uh, you can't use I'm out of time as an excuse like you may have been able to before. Um, but we have to take that time. We have to take that time and we have to engage with each other. Uh, we have to talk to each other and ask questions of each other and then carefully listen. And that's probably the, the hardest thing is, I mean, listening is a skill. Uh, and it's, it's like work. <laughs> uh, and again, back to um, our feelings about people in general and relationships with, with people in general. And do I generally trust people or do I generally not trust people? That's going to be something that, that we as leaders have to overcome as we try to work through this. Um, one of the things I want to make sure we, we hit before we go too far is, is when, when I talk about leaders and their teams, I'm also talking about every level of leadership in an organization because leaders very much are people as well. And we have the same biological human urges and needs that everybody else does. But in a lot of leadership literature and a lot of leadership workshops, it's like we talk to leaders like they have to do all this stuff for their people, but their leaders have to do it for them as well. So we have to take care of our leaders every bit as much as we take care of everyone else. Uh, otherwise, it's it's just not sustainable and it kind of collapses. So let's learn what we need and then do everything we can to satisfy that need. That's kind of the next part is, is if I'm going to actually take the time to listen to you and understand what you need, then I am obligated now as the leader to do what I can to satisfy that need. I like to say, um, put your ears on your heart. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, the last thing uh, then is, well, I won't say the last thing. I'll say the third thing. Uh, the third thing is letting go. And this is very difficult for an awful lot of people because, again, because we have barriers to trust. And if I, I don't trust somebody and their abilities to do the things that I need them to do, then it is uh, very difficult for me to actually turn that over to them, especially when I'm still responsible for it. As, and, and as leaders, we are. Um, despite what some folks say, the buck stops with the leader, right? So um, I've got to be able to learn how to let go, but I can't really do that unless I've taken the time to develop a relationship with the people I'm letting go to. And then I want to build some kind of structure in my work system that allows me to go back to them and check to make sure that they've got everything that they need, that they've got all their questions answered, that they have all the support that they need to succeed in whatever task I've given them, rather than just take the task back and do it myself. 
And I see an awful lot of leaders who've done that. Okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to give you this job and you screw it up. It's not as good as I could do it. And it certainly takes you longer than it takes me to do it. So I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and if I'm doing it all that myself, um, I'm not leading. Uh, I don't have time to do anything else. So I lock myself in my office and I do all this work and I might be very productive, but I, if I'm a leader, that's productive leadership. So we've got to learn to let go. We've got to build systems that allow leaders to let go and retain a sense of control. Uh, and I've got a couple of those ideas in, in the book, in leader sites. Um, in the last half of the book, it's all about different tools that we've kind of picked up from the lean community and operational excellence and the Toyota production system and things like that. That's where I started when I, when I left the army, I went to the university of Kentucky and I was teaching there um, and I was teaching lean systems there. And we were told to go and study Toyota. And uh, it's like, okay, it was in the college of engineering and I'm not an engineer and all the engineers took all the technical stuff to study. So I got to take some time to study how they develop leaders and how they develop people I got to talk about their quality systems, their, their quality circle systems and their suggestion systems. So I had a blast just learning about excellent ways to take care of people and to see the response, the team members that are engaged in the daily work there are really engaged and they may not even realize it because that's the way they learned how to work. And they've been working there in that environment like that. They don't even realize it's different. So even then, they still complain about certain things that go on there, but they are like light years ahead of most other organizations, especially manufacturing. But it, it's uh, leaders there have learned how to let go because they have control systems that allow them to be fully aware of the status of everything very quickly. And, and a lot of organizations that don't have those kinds of systems, they can't afford or they don't feel like they can afford to let go. But even for your own mental health, you can't control everything. The more you try to control, the more annoying you become to everyone else. So we, we've, got to, we've got to cultivate this skill in leaders to let go. And that's across any number of industries. Um, if Every you, industry. Yeah, if you check Wherever out, people are involved. Yeah, I, I just interviewed um, David Meltzer. He's the man who the movie Jerry Maguire was themed after. He was the CEO of um, Sports One Entertainment and Sports Marketing. And he talks about this, this control thing. And I, um, in terms of mindfulness, you know, a lot of mindful practices are that place of letting go to that still small voice within you, the wisdom within you, the good within your team. And we have this ability right now in the, the quiet moments of this pandemic to do that. And even when the world reboots, renews, refreshes, I think we're going to have to continue that commitment as individuals and as teams to listen with our ears on our heart. We know some of those, those best ideas come um, from those of us who are practicing mindfully, loving ourselves enough, learning new things. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, David, one of the number one industries right now that on that list of 10 that are, that are selling really a lot right now is a language software, online language software, because this is giving us an opportunity to learn, to grab David's Brilliant. book and read, you know, read some more, get involved in learning. Um, but we do, it's, and we talked before the show, but all of these things are a practice. Yes. 
So I'm curious, what's your mindfulness practice? Uh, I have to deliberately remind myself of these things. So I've got, I've actually created a little card uh, that I, that I give to people. That's like a, here's, here's your to-do list. I'm trying to dig one out right here. Um, it's, it's just a little 10 things or nine things to do uh, to remind yourself that don't be a jerk today. Right. Um, so, David, for those who are um, listening and not seeing, could you read those oh, things for us? Absolutely. Uh, on this personal to-do list, the first thing is, uh, is to share your vision. So you've got to be willing to tell people where you want to take your piece of the organization, what you have in mind for them. You've got to give them a reason to follow along. So create a vision if you don't have one, and then share it. And you were talking about your vision board a little bit earlier. I think everybody needs one of those. This is, this is my plan for the future. Uh, next is to be the model. Uh, so if you're going to talk about these different things, you've got to set the example and emulate that for everybody you come in contact with. Uh, third thing, uh, I got to remind myself every day that I'm here to build relationships. I'm here to build relationships first, then I can worry about getting the work done. So build relationships, connect people. Um, the fourth one is carefully develop leaders. Hey there, the holidays are here. So it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Um, as I mentioned, leaders are people. They all start out as people before they become leaders. They're people. Uh, so we, we have to understand their unique needs and we have to understand the burden that we're placing on those leaders. And we have to select people who are willing to accept that burden and willing to continue to learn and willing to continue to build relationships rather than just seize the power. Um, fifth is to build teams. Uh, we are a social breed of people, right? We've got to be around other people. Uh, that's why now is so difficult because our teams are all distributed and, and dispersed. And I guess that's probably why Zoom stock has gone through the roof because everybody's tuning into Zoom now. And it's a wonderful, capable system that allows us to, to retain those relationships with multiple people at once. So build those teams. Teams need something common to pursue that's kind of differentiates them between a, a mob and a team is that common goal. But to me also, it, you're not a team unless you have diversity of thought among the members of the team. So if, uh, if everybody on your team thinks the same way and does the same kind of stuff, I don't really think that's a very effective team. So we want to build those teams with different thinking styles, different perspectives, different backgrounds, different ethnic ethnicity, so everything, we want teams that are diverse. Um, next is uh, be a continuous learner. So today, deliberately think through, what is it I'm going to go and learn today? Um, and it might be focused on work, or it might be that new language that you were talking about, or it might be trying to drive in restaurant that you've never been to before, or calling in and uh, trying to get DoorDash to deliver something from a restaurant that didn't normally deliver things. And so, um, you know, maybe we can keep things stimulated a little bit by, by um, taking advantage of these new learnings. Uh, 
The next one, let's see, I'm one, two, three, four, five, six. The seventh one, seventh one is pay attention to metrics. Uh, I go into an awful lot of places and we talk a lot about visual management systems in pretty much every place I go. Um, I want the workforce to be aware of what's going on. I want the leaders to be aware of what's going on. As I mentioned earlier, that allows them to let go. Uh, but that awareness among the workforce, that, that um, is directly related to uh, higher reports of satisfaction on the job. Okay? And I want people to be satisfied on the job, not because I think it makes them more productive, but because satisfied workers will tell you when there's a problem. A dissatisfied worker will say, screw you, right? So I want people to share those problems. They'll also share ideas. So I need people to be satisfied and aware. If I put a bunch of metrics up on the board and start keeping track of all these metrics for all these different people and they don't have any control over them, they're not going to be engaged at all. It's not going to do anything. So pay attention to what matters to them at their level, where they are, and tweak your metrics so that they can support your overall strategic objectives for the company. And sometimes that's a hard chain to build from that uh, an hourly worker writing a port or doing a... Uh, doing an intake evaluation for somebody with disabilities all the way up to the strategic view of uh, the state um, supporting agency that's supposed to provide appropriate care and services. So, so, so David, if I might on this one, I would add back to my, my vision board. On my, my vision board, I have let the numbers define you. And when I put that on my 2020 vision board, I did that because it was a stretch, because it was uncomfortable for me. And I think, especially now in this, this transformative time, we're all going to have the opportunity to know strengths, know weaknesses, and lean into one another for those things. I have people on my team who are really great at the numbers, and I'm, that's one of my learning areas. So as you're growing and listening to this podcast and trying things, we, we would love to be able to know everything and every number and every data point, but my gift is the intuitive piece you probably have somebody on your team that also has that gift. So really think about that mindfully about as, as this is evolving and changing, and we've got to start managing those numbers growing back out of this. Who can you have that can keep and track those numbers and who intuitively can interpret them and tell the right stories about them? That's right. And tell the story that brings the team together. Um, I've got it. I've got an idea for that that I'll share in a minute after this. Uh, the last two on this list uh, after pay attention to metrics and of course metrics, uh, metrics drive behavior. So if you're not getting the behavior that you think thing for those people. So that's always something to learn. Uh, next is because all these other things are so difficult, you have to stay positive. Now that doesn't mean you have to be Pollyanna skipping around passing daisies and doing all that. Uh, but if you can't be positive, this is kind of the guidance I give to leaders everywhere. If you can't be positive about the direction your organization is going, you need to find a new place to work. It's your choice. If you don't like where the organization is going, you can't be positive. You need to get the hell out of the way. So self-select, please save us all the time. Uh, and finally, the last one is uh, do it again tomorrow, only better. So what'd you do? How did it work? Where do we stumble? How can I fix it? What can we do better today? Um, so that's just my little personal to-do list. And uh, um, I think, uh, I think I've put that, um, on my website uh, under the free downloads. Um, 
I might have to double check that, but I'd be happy to give that to anybody who wants who wants it. Right. Well, we'll make sure to to check that out and, and get the link in the in the show notes as well. Um, I I, po- I posted uh, a little article on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I I don't get a whole lot of traffic on either. I'm not I'm not this big social media whiz, um, so I'm trying to figure out how to how to get these messages out to, to more than just a very small group of folks. And I haven't quite b- broken the code on the algorithms yet, but, uh, but I posted this little article on, on a couple of things that you can do to help boost team identity during this, uh, well, crisis for lack of a better term. Um, can I share a couple of those with you? Absolutely. And I, and I think that uh, this is where we get to support one another in the everyday mindfulness show too, is, um, how, how can we start supporting the, the sharing and the growth? Um, yesterday, Absolutely. I'll let the listeners know this is a new thing on our, our side. Um, we're, uh, we're launching the Mindful Leadership Council. And so we're bringing together the top thought leader scientists and researchers within the C-suite network for a mindful leadership conversation to grow the mindfulness industry. And we're building this thing as, as we fly it. So you're, you're giving another example of let's ride this out together. Let's Let's try it and grow and share because we all have something to contribute to the conversation. That's it. We have to share. We have to listen to each other. We don't have to love everything. We don't have to like everything we hear. We don't have to run with everything we hear. But uh, uh, the more perspectives we have, the better we can think critically through these things and make our own decisions for our own people. Uh, and I, I encourage all of that. Just critical thinking, I think, is a, is a, a skill that we're sorely lacking as a community. Um, so the first thing, the first thing I would recommend for um, remote teams is to huddle every day, every single day. And I run into a lot of teams who who don't like, oh, that's fine for assembly workers where they're doing widgets and all this stuff. But we're, you know, we're financial workers, we're insurance. We don't. No, no, no. If you're working, you should huddle every day. It's like a football team. You know, they have a huddle to call the next play. In business, we're going to huddle to call the day's play. What are we going to do today? What happened yesterday that we need to fix? What do we need to get done today? And who needs help? Um, so huddle every day. And it doesn't have to be a long huddle. Seven minutes, 15 minutes. I worked with an organization. Day. They used to call them stand-up meetings. And they were stand-up because nobody wanted to stand there very long. Well, that's it. It shouldn't be a very long thing. But in order to do this every day, um, the leaders have to break the work into daily chunks. So a lot of people are working on these long, big, complex projects. And I was like, well, you know, we only need to meet once a month to get updated on what's going on. You're working every day, right? You want to make progress every day. You're having problems every day. How do you break those tasks down into something that's a daily bite? And, And if leaders can't do that, they need to get some help. Maybe they ask their people, how do we break this down so that I know that here's what I expect you to get finished today Here's your target for the day. Here's your challenge for the day. Go after it. At the end of the day, did you accomplish it or not? And you know that that sense of accomplishment, that feeling of achievement is powerful to get people to come back to work the next day. So let's make a plan for that. Uh, That's actually the the number three thing I have. So (laughs) huddle, but the huddle is going to be more effective if you actually have a daily plan. Uh, Next, I think that this is kind of hokey. Uh, to a lot of people, um, but David, I teach mindfulness to CEOs. I get hokey. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Let the team choose 
a team name. And the blackier better, okay? It gives them something to really latch onto and gives them a real strong sense of identity just by coming up with a team name. Now, there's a couple of cool resources for team names. And, and when you're, you know, I used to teach undergraduate students and the undergraduate students, they Google everything. So they found these, they found uh, www.findteamnames.com and www.leadershipgeeks.com slash cool-team-names. And they can come up with some pretty weird names. Um, some of my favorites. Okay, I had to, one, one team was, was for Kaizen a girl. Kaizen, of course, is continuous improvement kind of in Japanese. And there were four guys on the team and one girl on the team. So it was four guys and a girl. And I thought that was really kind of creative use of that. Um, not everybody thinks that. I also teach this technique called C4 for problem solving. And it's for concern, cause, countermeasure, confirm. Nice, straightforward, simple, but it's still a scientific-based problem-solving method. So one team, uh, a team of Star Wars fans, um, their team name was May Seaforce Be With You. Nice. Um, and then I got a couple of weird ones. Like uh, the last team that I, I coached at the MBOE program at Ohio State, uh, their team name was My Safe Word is Pineapple. And okay. I have no idea where it came from, but the team got into it, and that was – that was their rallying cry and everything else. So have your teams, let your teams develop their own team name. And there's a couple of different strategies in, uh, on doing that. But Google it first, have everybody come up with a couple, do some multi-voting, try to reach consensus, but then plaster it everywhere, everywhere. It, Dave, the these are great techniques. And I want to make sure everybody gets the full article on LinkedIn. So make sure to send me the article because we're going to post it in the show notes. And and help David grow his social media uh, through this, through the show and through the platform. So David, people are, are hanging out right now. They're, they're riding it out and we want to give them your um, access to your wisdom and information. How can somebody get to your speaking, your coaching, your authorship? What's the best way to get to you? Uh, the best way to get to me is just send me an email. Um, I would point you to my website. The website's got a bunch of the learning systems that I do. Um, I've, the, the speaking, uh, I, I have a little bit on speaking in there, but uh, the, the best way is really just to, to reach out, send me a note, and I'll be happy to, to respond, and I'll respond very quickly. Um, at my website, I do I mentioned I've got some free download things. You can actually download um, the whole book, the C4 process. I mentioned the C4. Um, you can download the book for free. There's worksheets uh, to help you keep on track solving a larger problem, and then there's there's, there's cards, there's C4 cards that are really useful to get every employee engaged. Uh, because so David, we're going to have you come back on another show and we're going to dive deeper into that C4 process. Yeah. But, but yeah, they can download all kinds of uh, stuff. There's a free download link. Um, and if you give me your email address, I will send you a little encouraging word every week or 10 days or so. Depends. And what, what email is that? Uh, it's going to be david.veach at leadersites.com and it's leadersites, S-I-G-H-T-S. Perfect. So. Well, we are so grateful that you joined us. We're so thankful for your service, for giving us these tips on how to ride out um, and continue to create leader sites as we move through these interesting times. Well, Holly, you're doing some wonderful work, just teaching people how to recenter, get refocused, gain some energy back 
and not let the not let the things that are going on in this crisis world really get us down for very long. We we get, we need folks like you who are going to keep encouraging us. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm-hmm.